Welcome back to another episode of uh, Win Championship Repeat, Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at the Patriots and giving you my thoughts kind of as an overview of how the um, offseason has gone so far and what to look for uh, moving forward. And also um, a uh, major Patriots player who announced retirement. Then we're going to look at the Boston Celtics and how good they can really be going up to the playoffs, and how the World Baseball Classic has brought fans into the sport, and maybe the MLB can learn something from that, and some of the guys who uh, were in it for Team USA, Team Japan, Red Sox, former current players, and discuss. So, I'd say free agency is pretty much over with... The majority of players signing with teams, new teams, old teams. There are some names still out there. Um, and there are uh, a lot of, uh, you know, moves that were made. And the Patriots were up there uh, in terms of what they ended up doing. And while we didn't really go for the high-end offensive tackle that we were looking for, or a lot of fans were looking for, their plan must be to go for one in the draft because maybe they feel like there is a ton of just great talent. And we added, um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, which was great, but I think we do need another wide receiver. Um, and uh, we also restructured Jalen Mills. He's uh, re-signing for um, one year. He's going to be a safety. Um, so he is going to be going uh, from corner to safety, which is actually a good move for the Patriots because we do need a safety with... Um, McCordy retiring and so overall it was a pretty solid offseason I think you're kind of making um, some sort of uh, moves that um, are getting you into a place where you can compete with Bill O'Brien anything's possible especially with our defense as it was last year and so I think you know leading up to the draft you know they're gonna have to focus a lot on offense as well as um, in cases on some areas of defense, and I think if I was looking at it from a Patriots perspective, the ideal first-round choice to me is Christian Gonzalez because I think we do need a corner, um, and I think we need one who can really step up and uh, take the reins alongside Jonathan Jones, and I think that's what we need to do. And I don't think he's going to be available, though, because I think he's going to get snatched up before we're even available on the board. And I don't see us moving up to get him. I also think uh, we're not going to get a tackle in the first round because I think the top three are going to come off the board. So what leads me uh, in the direction of wide receiver, even though uh, I've kind of wavered a little bit when we got Juju Smith-Schuster, I think outside of Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyquan Thornton, there's not really any like top talent that's going to be here for a while. Like... I could see Devontae Parker, I could see Kendrick Bourne both leaving next season, and we just don't have um, anything going on uh, in that regard. And so, um, you know, I think, uh, in my opinion, they could go for a wide receiver uh, in the draft, and I think that's definitely possible. But I also feel like, uh, in my opinion, maybe they go for an edge or a linebacker or something like that. And so I'm not really too sure what they're going to do at this point. Um, and I really just 
kind of have to wait and see sort of situation. I do think all the best tackles will be off the board, the top three. So it could be wide receiver, it could be a corner. Joey Porter Jr. seems like a consensus pick uh, from a lot of analysts, um, which I wouldn't hate that at all. I think he's a pretty solid player. I think he was at Penn State. Uh, but there was uh, one trade that got made, which has no effect on the Patriots except it was a former Patriots wide receiver. But it does potentially affect somebody who is on the market as well. So Brandon Cooks got traded for a fifth this year and a sixth-round pick next year with Dallas and Houston making that deal. So Brandon Cooks is going to Dallas. He was a Patriots wide receiver back when Tom Brady was there. And Brandon Cooks getting traded for such a small package is interesting because a lot of people thought he was going to go for maybe like a fourth-round pick or uh, a few like picks, fourth-round, fifth-round, etc. But we got a fifth-round and a sixth-round pick, which that is interesting because we're interested in uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who is probably just as good, if not better. Someone who's going to cost a lot more on your cap sheet because he's making more money. So a lot of people think, oh, well, maybe he's going to go for a second-round pick, and that's what a lot of analysts have said in the past few months. But there is the chance that because of the trade that just took place with Brandon Cooks, the value is significantly lower. So the Patriots might not have to give up a second-round pick or a third-round pick. They could give up two fourth-round picks and say, hey, here's our offer, and maybe that's enough to get it done. You know, Arizona is not in the mood to just give him away for nothing, but is the market going to, you know, change because of the Brandon Cooks deal, potentially? And so if the Patriots are really in on the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, then I think this bodes well for them because it probably is not going to cost as much to uh, to do that. And so um, if he does come to New England, um, you never really know what's going on. Um, I know they've been in contact uh, for sure, and so... Uh, maybe he does end up uh, coming down here, uh, and uh, that would be uh, great to see. So I did see something um, on Reddit, and I don't know if this is exactly real or any news at all that uh, is true, and I don't know of the legitimacy because it's not any like actual writer or whatnot. And so uh, I'll read you what I saw. So this was on... Um, the Patriots Reddit page, uh, and it's a tweet from someone that said that their friend works at Patriots Place, and Hopkins is in uh, Foxborough, um, and uh, his friend is Sam, the food and beverage director, um, and he is in town because he made him lunch and dinner, and he's meeting with the Patriots organization. And then somebody else put this up, which was like a job posting for director of uh, food in beverage at uh, the Renaissance Hotel, which is in Patriot's Place. Um, so people are assuming or suspecting that maybe this leaked out somehow and the Patriot's organization got rid of this guy, Sam, from his position and they're hiring somebody else. Um, now, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but if it is, then um, DeAndre Hopkins was in New England meeting with the team and meeting with maybe Kraft or Belichick or both or the wide receivers coach or uh, Bill O'Brien. I don't know what they were meeting with, but uh, my guess is O'Brien's going to have to be there with Belichick and Kraft and whatnot because he coached uh, Hopkins before. But 
Um, if there's any truth to this, that means he was here, and that also means that, um, you know, they're actually looking uh, to try and bring him in. And I, I think, you know, Hopkins for the right price, I think would be a great wide receiver because you have Juju Smith-Schuster and Hopkins, and then you have Kendrick Bourne and Tyquan Thornton, and then your fifth wide receiver would be Devontae Parker, and then your sixth wide receiver would probably be someone in, like, the later rounds of the draft. Like, sixth round, you got a few picks, uh, so I could see a wide receiver coming in that um, range. And so I think Hopkins, obviously, would be uh, a great asset, for sure, um, but I just don't know um, exactly... Uh, what it would cost and if they really want to go down that road um, because you know I really think uh, you know they are uh, trying to use their money for other things and so uh, I think uh, maybe uh, they decide to to try something different um, and go for wide receiver in the draft instead of um, you know going for uh, going for um, Hopkins now Switching gears uh, to another uh, story that came out, which is the Dante Hightower retirement. Uh, he posted on social media that he is going to retire. Um, he actually uh, put an essay, the Players' Tribune, and uh, talked about that. And so, uh, basically, three Super Bowls with the Patriots. Uh, he was a first-round draft pick in 2012. Um, and, uh, he retired with Devin McCourty. Um, so it's, it's a big, big deal because these two guys had such a, a big role in Patriots history and such a big role in just everything involving the Patriots in this dynasty with Brady. And, you know, they were big parts of, you know, our culture as a team and whatnot. And as fans, we all love to watch it. Um, and, you know, I wish him all but the best, you know, all the best. Uh, and Hightower uh, is uh, a very good player and a very important part of Patriots history. And, uh, you know, obviously it showed because he was so successful. So congratulations. Patriots also uh, lost out on a free agent that was on their team but is now going to a rival. Damian Harris is signing a one-year contract to join the Buffalo Bills. This is like a, a one-year contract probably to prove it and then maybe next offseason get a bigger contract. Injuries kind of plagued his career at this uh, juncture and obviously we didn't want him anymore because we signed Robinson uh, so we just don't have a use for uh, him anymore. Uh, Damian Harris is gone. Uh, he's in Buffalo, and that's going to be definitely tough um, to uh, to discuss. Um, and uh, you know, he is someone who uh, was a short time with the Patriots, but uh, I would say was um, you know not bad when he was healthy. But uh, I don't know, uh, just not uh, overall the best of uh, players for us. And I wasn't a huge fan either. Um, and I am a, uh, you know, bigger fan of Ramondre Stevenson getting his due diligence because he is, uh, a very good, uh, you know, running back and a solid part of this team. And I like, uh, what he brings to the table. So yeah, at the end of the day, you know, players move on and when they, uh, you know, go, 
it is what it is and uh, I wish uh, Damian Harris all the best and uh, we'll see what happens with his career moving forward um, now let's take a look at the Boston Celtics who are a game up on Philadelphia and they look pretty good um, they've had their struggles as of late they're five and five in the last 10 games but um, honestly you know not too bad they destroyed the Sacramento Kings in the last game 132 109 with over 60 points um, between Tatum and Brown and one of the things that has been coming up as of recent is Jalen Brown with his future with the team uh, he had an interview a new interview with the Ringers' Logan Murdoch. Uh, he was asked whether he plans on re-signing with the Celtics. Quote, I don't know. As long as I am needed, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time and I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is, it makes sense, but I will stay where I'm wanted. I will stay where I'm needed and treated correct. Um, let's be honest. There are a lot of fans who, for whatever reason, just don't. Um, want uh, Jalen Brown and every article posted about a big trade they are in favor of it uh, undoubtedly and it seems like Jalen Brown might not feel appreciated in this fan base in part because Jason Tatum kind of has that spotlight and rightfully so Jason Tatum has all the characteristics of a true number one player MVP candidate and is the best player on this team and you can argue at times he's not as good as Jalen Brown because he doesn't have as good games. But Jason Tatum's our number one, and that's the truth. But Jalen Brown is a very close number two. And he was also asked uh, if he preferred to play alongside Jason Tatum. Um, he responded, I just enjoy the time that you have now. Uh, if it's your whole career, it's your whole career. If it's not, it's not. Some of the greatest players of all time haven't finished with their organization. Michael Jordan retired a wizard. Uh, as much as we like it here and enjoy being here, you see what life takes you. Uh, you see how the process goes. All you do is really focus on what's in front of you because right now, to be honest, uh, but I don't really know or uh, what to answer that question because that type of stuff makes Celtics fans speculate and go crazy, especially right now. I'll just say uh, we'll get there when we get there. Now, one thing that has annoyed Celtics fans with this is the fact that Jalen Brown didn't mention anything about gearing up for the playoffs, getting ready for, you know, the postseason. Uh, he's talking about, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you should direct the question and be like, you know what I'm focused on is the playoffs and getting a championship. We made it to the finals last year. We got to go again. We got a great team. Like, it was focused on, like, yeah, well, I don't know what's going to happen if they want me. That sounds like... Literally what Kyrie said. Kyrie came out and said, well, if the Celtics fans want me, then I'm going to stay here. And he didn't, you know. And I don't know. As long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. Like, that sounds very Kyrie-esque. And it sounds very like, you know, this guy is very questionable with the Celtics. And I know Jalen Brown feels like, at times I'm sure, he is just as good, if not better, than Tatum, but doesn't get the credit. Because uh, Jason Tatum is the clear-cut number one. And that is true. But at the same time, Jason Tatum is, like, a Hall of Famer to be. Like, it's already, like, set. And so, at this point, 
you know, Jalen Brown is always going to be a number two here. And if Jalen Brown is okay being a number two or a 1A or a step slightly below Jason Tatum, then that's no problem, no issue. I got nothing wrong with that. But one of the fears that I have is that Jalen Brown is going to want to go off on his own in his contract year. Um, we'll come up and we'll keep him. And all of these Celtics fans who said, well, we don't know if he's going to stick around. And when they had those KD rumors, I had said uh, on this podcast, well, one of the reasons why they might want to trade him is because they don't know if he's going to stick around in two years. Um, which that's true. We don't know if he's going to stick around. And I think he's not giving us any assurances. And a lot of it sounds like very Kyrie-esque in what he's saying. Like, uh, well, I don't know. We'll see, you know, if they want me. Like, trying to throw it on the Celtics, it's a little sketchy. Um, and I think, you know, Jalen Brown should be definitely more focused on what's going on with uh, this season and how we're a very good championship roster. Um, we're not the number one seed, and we won't be the number one seed, but we are good enough to go out there and win. Um, and it's, you know, stuff like this that just gets in the way. And so, uh, obviously, he's frustrated. You know, maybe he feels like the fans aren't always, um, you know, uh, with him. Uh, and... You know, he can feel that way, and that's fine. But uh, I think we should be more focused on what's going on with this season. Now, I also want to talk about something which I saw uh, with Garnett, Kevin Garnett, which was involving the Ray Allen situation. So for those of you who don't really kind of remember what's going on here, um, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen came together. Uh, they won a championship in 2008. They lost in 2010. And then, I believe it was 2012, after that season, Ray Allen left the Celtics and joined Miami. And one of the problems that the big three, uh, Paul Pierce and Garnett, had with this was Ray Allen went to the Celtics' rival at this point, LeBron James, and he ring-chased. And they felt like this was a slap in the face to the team and to them. And at least from what I remember... Ray Allen could have gone to like a bunch of other teams. I think Memphis was one of the teams, maybe New Orleans. There were a few, but clearly Miami was the best of that bunch. They won a championship with Ray Allen, and, uh, you know, that's that. And Garnett and Pierce had this animosity towards Ray Allen uh, because of the way that he left with the situation. And Ray Allen didn't want to be with the Celtics because at that point in time, the Celtics had Rondo as the star point guard because he was an all-star and basically in 2010 carried the Celtics to the finals along with the other guys, but he was a big part of that. And so they were leaning on him as sort of the number one guard. And I think at that time they also had Avery Bradley and they wanted him to start. And so Ray Allen was going to come off the bench, which I don't think he wanted to do. But uh, there was a grudge uh, between Pierce Garnett and uh, Ray Allen missed out on a lot of stuff. I think he um, ended up burying the hatchet a little bit, and they had, like, the 75th anniversary team thing, and all three of those guys were there, but, uh, Ray Allen went right past Garnett and Pierce and dapped up LeBron, and there's, like, a, a video of that, um, and so, uh, apparently, uh, Kobe Bryant's death was what kind of switched things around, uh, 
So here's what he said, uh, Garnett. He was on Cold as uh, Balls with Kevin Hart. So here's what his quote was. Uh, what made the Ray situation so prolific with us is because the structure we built in Boston, the three of us built that. Uh, if there was one team that we had an issue with, it was Miami. It wasn't looking at it like a business decision for Ray. Ray had a chance to get another ring. I didn't take on none of that. I was in my own feelings. I was so super competitive. Everybody knows me, knows I'm like that. But it was Kobe Bryant's death that changed the situation. The passing of Kobe and all of us getting older helped me understand that life is given to none of us. It would have uh, blank with me if something would have happened to Ray and I didn't get the chance to amend this. So uh, he wanted to amend things so that... Uh, you know, talk a little bit and uh, bury the hatchet because of Kobe's death and just life's short. And I think that's a good thing because, um, you know, obviously these guys were, were friends. And just because you leave and, you know, that whole thing took place doesn't mean after the fact you guys still can't be friends. So, um, you know, I think uh, that's something to really uh, think about. So... Um, unfortunately, uh, they had a falling out, but it seems like things are back together. So, uh, it's time to move on to the Red Sox. And there's a little bit of information we got with, uh, the Red Sox, uh, and the World Baseball Classic. So, they have, uh, two guys coming into this. Um, they're pre free agent signing Masashita Yo, uh, Yoshida, Mustataka Yoshida, uh, was with Team Japan. They ended up winning and beat uh, 3-2 to two, uh, Team USA. Team USA had former Red Sox slugger uh, Mookie Betts and Kyle Schwarber playing together um, on this team with Mike Trout and others. Um, and so what we ended up seeing was uh, a win for uh, Yoshida in Japan and for um, Shoei Otani. And Yu Chang, who is also a Red Sox player, uh, played in four games for Chinese Taipei, two home runs, eight RBIs. He was named A, Pool A MVP. So there's that situation. Um, and this also leads to the fact that maybe next season when Shoei Otani is a free agent, he might come to Boston uh, because of the Yoshida connection. Maybe they're friends became friends already through this and you know obviously uh having him there uh and playing with both those guys maybe they want to do it again so maybe that could help and so you know we will see if uh that ends up working but um i don't know i was reading an article from nesson that was talking about the opening day roster um and it looks at some of the guys that'll be joining their team um so they have Basically, here's their roster. So they have Reese McGuire as your starting catcher with Jorge Alfalo uh, as your backup catcher. And they say uh, Wong uh, is probably going to lose this spot, uh, Connor Wong, because of his injuries and whatnot. So um, maybe it'll change, but they say uh, Alfaro and Reese McGuire, which uh, not the greatest catchers, but it is what it is. So infielders, they have Tristan Cass, uh, Arroyo, Kike Hernandez, Rafael Devers, Justin Turner, and Yu Chang. Um, so they say 
Casas, uh, Arroyo, Hernandez, Endeavors are all in the infield. Turner is probably going to be a DH um, full time, and then you have Yu Chang and um, you know some other players there as well. And they say Alberto Alberto Mondesi uh, with the Royals will factor into the infield plans at some point, but he is still recovering from an ACL. So my guess is if he gets healthy, he's going to play uh, second base or shortstop taking Christian Arroyo's spot. Then we have in the outfield, uh, Mastaka Yoshida, Adam Duvall, Alex Verdugo, Rob Refschneider, and Ramiel Tapea. Um, I guess they say... Uh, um, Hot-hitting outfielder Tapea gets a spot, and uh, Refschneider is a right-handed bat to just see some time against lefties, um, so he'll be a bench guy as well. And then you have uh, Yoshida, uh, Duvall, and Verdugo. My guess is Verdugo in left, uh, maybe Duvall in center and Yoshida in right. I don't know. Um, so Then they have your starters, their starters, they say, uh, because... Uh, Whitlock, Bello, and James Paxton are injured right now. So the starters are Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta, Tanner Hook, and Cutter Crawford. I think Kluber is actually going to be your opening day starter, to be honest. Um, and so that could change, obviously, with some other guys joining the fold uh, from injuries. And then they say the bullpen is Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, John Schreiber, uh, Ryan Brazier, Zach Kelly, Wyatt, Mills, Richard, uh Belieber and Odeor Masqueta. Um, and uh, Jolesley Rodriguez suffered an injury over the weekend, uh, so they're going to have to find another uh, pitcher. And I think uh, Masqueta is uh, a left handed pitcher, um, and he's going to take that spot. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, you know, for now. Uh, but we do have Jansen, Chris Martin, a bunch of other relievers, so that's what they say. And I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, I mean, uh, that's kind of where uh, I also kind of see things going. Again, with uh, James Paxton probably coming back, eventually he'll take Cutter Crawford's spot in the starting pitching. Um, and uh, obviously, as I said, Mondesi will probably take the spot of uh, Christian Arroyo, uh, when it comes to uh, things. And so we could eventually see Kike Hernandez go into the outfield if, like, Mondesi comes back and Trevor Story and who knows. But that's uh, a future situation when those guys are healthy. So um, right now we got uh, Kike at short, most likely Arroyo sitting right next to him at second base. So that's going to do it for this episode. Um, and uh, I'm going to tune into the next one, talk about some more... Boston sports uh, stuff.